بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين We continue إن شاء الله تعالى with this third lecture of this workshop We cover the first three psychological needs for children and we will deal with the rest of those psychological needs إن شاء الله تعالى in this lecture Need number four is the need for peace and security. The child needs to feel peace and security in his home and in his life. Therefore, you as a parent must make sure that your child feels there is a place for him to turn to when he or she is afraid because of danger or because of doing something wrong. If the child comes to you because he or she is afraid of something, do not talk him out of her or his fear. Many times we try to talk the child out of his or her fear. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. We try to talk people usually out of their emotions. This is not a good way to go. You need to understand why they are in fear And then when they tell you why they are in fear, you can explain to them the reality of the matter in a way that dismantles his or her fear. You need to explain to your child the reality of the matter in a way that dismantles his and her fear. And also when the child breaks a rule, you need to make sure that you convey to him or her that they can turn to you. Teach them that if they do not turn to you when they are in trouble, they will find themselves in bigger trouble. I say to my children, no matter what kind of trouble you get into, do not hide it from me. Let me know about it and I will help you get out of trouble. And if there is a punishment, the punishment will be less than the trouble that you get yourself into for not letting me help you getting out of that trouble. Assure your children that they can turn to you when they get in trouble. Assure your children that they can turn to you when something bothers them. Assure your children that they can open up to you and share with you things without being judged directly from you. But if your child is on the receiving end of your anger fits, He or she will not turn to you when they get in trouble or when they are afraid of something or they want to talk about something. They will not open up to you. If the child loses his trust in his parents, when he does something wrong, he may turn to the wrong crowd for help. So you need to communicate to your children a sense of security so when they make a mistake, they're not afraid to come to you and admit their mistakes and open up to you. That is a very important role for you as a parent. Need number five is the need to be respected and honored. The child has a psychological need to be honored, respected and encouraged. It is very important to satisfy this psychological need. A child that grows up with the sense of dignity and honor, that will allow him to excel 
And also that will keep him, insha'Allah ta'ala, from low and vile practices. Whereas a child that grows up with the lack of sense of dignity, he will not excel, and the child will not find it difficult for himself to be engaged in low and vile practices. So what does that mean to you as a parent? It means never punish a child in a humiliating way. Because your goal is not to humiliate the child. Your goal is not to vent out your anger and make yourself feel better. So never punish a child in a humiliating way. Do not punish the child in public. Many parents... They punish their children in public while their friends are looking and many other people are looking and that really embarrasses the child. Do not do that. And never slap the child on the face. Because one thing, it is haram to slap anyone on the face and also it's very degrading, it's very humiliating for the child. Need number six is the need for freedom. The child has a psychological need for freedom. What I mean by that is the child cannot be confined into one area all the time. The child has the need to go outside and play. And you need to understand that as a parent. And also the child has to have the freedom to make his own decisions. Especially as the child is getting older. We do not want the mother always making the decision for the child. And the father always making the decision for the child. What to eat, what to dress and everything. You need to provide general guidelines. But allow the child to make his or her own decisions. But let them experience the freedom of making their decisions and the consequences of their decision. So teach them how to make a good decision while they are in your house. And allow them to make decision as you, they are under your direct supervision. So when they make their own decision, you, be, uh, you are in a position to correct them and to show them why it's wrong. Train them how to make a good decision. Because making decision is a process. It starts by considering the consequences and benefits, assessing the ability to do that impending act, seeking help if help is needed, implementing the decision, evaluating the results. Teach your child the decision-making process. Many adults do not go through the process. They make the decision and then they evaluate the results and say, well, it did not work out this time. We need to evaluate the results, examine the merits, assess the ability before we make the decision. So teach your children to make decisions as they are with you in your house and then make correction. Show them why it's wrong. So when the child is on his own, he gets married, he moves to a different town, he goes for college, you already train the child how to make good decisions. And the child feels he, he has a certain level of freedom to make his own decisions, so he's not in a rush to 
to just break free from an authority that is controlling all of his affairs. Need number seven is the need to experience order. The child needs to experience order in his or her life. Children are chaotic and disorganized, and you know that. The child that has a disorganized room, disorganized books, chaotic environment around him, tends to waste effort, waste energy, looking for things, getting upset, getting irritated, because everything is disorganized. But the child does not know how to organize things. So the parents have to step in and organize the child's life and to teach him how to be organized in order to save time, energy, and for him to acquire a sense of calmness. If you say to your child, organize your room, you must teach him or her and train him how to do a good job. Otherwise, you will go to his or her room and see the room is still a mess. Clothes on the floor, books on the dressers, three cups of water on the nightstand. And you say to the child, didn't I tell you to organize the room? He looks around, it looks very organized to me. What do you want me to do? Well, you need to teach the child, you tell him, well, organizing the room means making the bed and this is how you make it. And you show him, you train him, you train her. Putting your toys in their place and this is how you do it. Hang your clothes in your closet and show him how it's done. And if the mother is doing that, you can take, call the father to see how it's done. Because many fathers do not know how it's done, they did not get this training. They miss that training. So you can train your son and your daughter and call your husband to watch too. So you kill two birds by one stone. Satisfying the child's psychological need and physical needs is very important in raising children to be grown-ups that take Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as their role model in life. Understand the purpose of their existence. Understand their life's mission. And that is to worship Allah by knowing Allah, loving Allah, obeying Allah, publicizing Allah and calling to His path. We discussed up to this point the models of parenting, qualities every parent must have, and children's psychological needs. But we must note, the process of raising your children is not a one-person responsibility, but it is a collective responsibility. The home, the society, the school, friends, and family members all are part of shaping the child's behaviors. When the society hosts a large array of rotten values, evil thoughts, and degraded manners, then the society negatively impacts children. Consequently, the role of the home becomes more vital. 
Those of you who send their children to Islamic schools, their children have a higher chance to dodge the bad influence of non-Islamic schools. But when the school is a place to transmit destructive ideas, and inherit bad manners, and impart false perceptions, then the school becomes a bad influence on the child. Consequently, the role of the home becomes more and more vital. The home nowadays has to be like a filtering station to filter out all the contaminations from the child's mind and impart in him good values and manners. But you ask, how do I know what is on my child's mind? You do that by three things that are very helpful, insha'Allah ta'ala. Number one, by talking to the child. It's not a formal interrogation, but asking him or her probing questions. What did you do today? Who did you see today? Anything interesting happened to you today? What did they teach you today? Try to get inside the child's mind to take out the contaminations. Also, you know what is on the child's mind by listening to the child. When the child comes to you to tell you something, avail time and listen. Because as you are listening, you know what is in the child's mind. And thirdly, by observing his or her behaviors. What they like to do and what they do not like to do. When you bring all those three points together, you will have a pretty good idea what is on your child's mind. And you remove the contaminations by discussing with your child his or her views. Explaining why they are right or wrong. And countering the wrong views with religious truth presented in a gentle way. Because if you counter those wrong views and ideas with violence and anger fits, the child will hide him from you, he will not open up to you until he has more freedom and then he will act on his own. So when the child comes to you and tells you something that you know they are wrong, just allow the child to talk on. Do not give him a facial expression that will scare him from talking. Smile to his face and allow the child to talk on and listen. Say, yes, I understand. What do you want to say to me? Do not try to talk him out of his feelings. And when you listen, no matter how bad it sounds to you, you counter his views with the religious truth. Because remember, a child who is 12, 13, 14 years old thinks that they know everything. And you are the one who do not know anything. Right? So if you counter their views with violence, they say, you do not know anything. You are an old-fashioned. Well, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. So lead them on, let them speak to you and counter their views with the religious truth presented in a gentle way. And another very important point, you need to know how the child develops habits. The child develops habits by first 
seeing and hearing, he sees and hears, thinks and evaluates options, makes choices, tries them out, evaluates the results, adopt or drops. You as a parent must control this process to a certain extent. That means, do not allow your young child to see or hear things that you cannot explain to him or her. At the early stage of the age of your child, you can control what the child sees to some extent and what the child hears. Do not allow the child to see and hear things that you cannot explain to the child. As the child gets older, your control diminishes. Therefore, at this early stage, expose your child to a lot of good things. Impart in your child simplified knowledge that allows him or her to see evil as evil and good as, as good. You go to the market and you have your three-year-old. And you walk in there and you see a woman who's dressed in a way that does not leave anything for the imagination. So immediately you say to the child, this is bad. This is not good. People like that will be in a fire. So the child now is developed in a sense, wherever he sees something like this, he is associating that with being bad. Because the child at his young age cannot distinguish if that is good or bad. And every time you walk next to the aisle that sell beer, and they tell you, what is that? Is that a drink? You say, no, this is something bad. Stay away from that. This is haram. And you simplify the children's language. Do not give them this sophisticated speech. You need to use simplified knowledge that they can understand. Simplified speech. This is how you allow your child to see good as good, and evil as evil. Also, you need to put the good contents in. Teach your child that we love Allah and everything comes from Allah and it's a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In a simplified fashion, you are sitting at the dinner table and your three, four, five, six year old child expresses that he likes this food. Tell him, well this food comes from Allah and we love Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who gives us this food. You buy for your child a nice gift and he shows a tremendous amount of joy. And you tell him this is a gift and all of that is a bounty from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we love Allah. I have my three-year-old daughter Zainab. She comes to me every other day with a list of things in her mind. And she said, Allah gave us this, we love Allah. Allah gave us the pen, we love Allah. Allah gave us so and so and we love Allah. And she has a list in her mind of 10-15 things. Including people and things in the house and electronics. And she always said, Allah gave us this and we love Allah. And this is how I raised my other two children. So you need to raise your children to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to understand everything comes from Allah, not from the fairies. Good things come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This has to be done in a fashion that matches the child's age. 
There are many hadith and Quranic verses that enforce honesty, respect, order, politeness, kindness, and cleanliness to name a few. We need to bring them to the attention of the child. Because the child makes choices based on what he sees and hears, and what he knows, and what he knows not. And when the child is exposed to a lot of good things, and he knows the eternal consequences of his decisions, but not in this technical language, that increases the possibility for him or her to make the right choices. After the child makes the right choice, encourage him or her to implement it. If they need help, help them. Upon implementation, compliment and encourage your child. Thus you put him or her in the mode of adopting those practices. Your child likes your attention and approval. And the most positive and the most powerful positive reinforcement is your statements of praise and encouragement and your reminder that Allah will give them good marks for his or her deeds. And when the child makes the wrong choice, maybe you find out about it before implementation. Show him why it's wrong. However, many times you find out about the wrong choice after implementation. And when the child does something that is haram or wrong, you need to find out if it was neglect on your part. Maybe you failed to impart in your child something that he or she needed to know. And if it is a neglect on your part, rectify the situation by teaching the child the knowledge he or she needs to make proper choices. The point is, do not expect from your child that which you did not impart in him and her. If the bad decision was not due to neglect on your part, two things must be done. Number one is reinforce the knowledge. If it is a case of lying, reinforce the knowledge that shows the virtues of honesty. If it is a case of acting arrogantly, reinforce the knowledge that shows the virtues of humility. If it is a case of cheating, reinforce the knowledge that shows the virtues of being trustworthy. And after that, you give them the negative reinforcement. The negative reinforcement is something that keeps the child from adopting those bad or wrong practices. And we will deal with negative reinforcement later on, insha'Allah ta'ala. In summary, I would like of you to jot this information down. The home has to be like a filtering station that removes contaminations and imparts the good knowledge. And that happens when the father and the mother live up to their roles.